On today's Give Me Some Truth, we talk about fringe characters, candidates, and a little bit about Alf. We are back in the booth today. Uh, I say back in the booth, myself, Clint, and Hannah, because we recorded this podcast yesterday, and apparently it didn't get recorded, or it is lost somewhere in the ether, apparently. But it's going to be better today because we have Keith in the booth as well. So there's four of us, and the other announcement we have to make is that we are thrilled to have hired a new associate producer for the podcast. Um, if you drive by the office, you'll see him sitting in the white chair. It is the elf doll that my mom bought me for Christmas. Uh, growing up, there was not a bigger elf fan on the planet. There may have been. It was me. Monday nights, NBC, 7 o'clock. I did not miss it. It didn't matter what was happening. Gordon Shumway. Uh, Gordon Shumway. So now he sits in the... Uh, in the white chair in our podcast room, lording over the Give Me Some Truth podcast. I had, so. and I believe I still have, an elf lunchbox. Oh, well, if you bring that in, we can have that oh, as like Maybe uh, we turn this into the elf room. I think you, I used to have the I'm calendar, bad. too, which would have really weird holidays oh, on it. But. Let's put up a shelf, man. Anyways, yeah. today... Uh, rumor has it he has caused an accident, too. <laughs> <laughs> can't be proven, but there was an accident out in front of our podcast room that may or may not have been caused by the elf setting. It was a three-car pile He definitely mocked whoever he did. got he, in that accident. Exactly. Yeah. There was definitely exactly. some sarcastic remarks from Alf on that one. So you know today, what Alf means? Alien life form. That's what Willie said when he crashed his spaceship into the house, into the garage, actually. All right. Um, I have the first season on DVD. <sighs> maybe we'll maybe, maybe block off an afternoon. There? Oh, there like six? Maybe? Yeah, there were quite a few. Decent wow. amount. Uh, we are here today to talk about the presidential race. I can I can leave now. I, I made you, my you, contribution. You've given your, your uh, input elf, today, yeah. and so you're, elf, you're good? You know, that's all I need. So we uh, we are now past Iowa and New Hampshire racing toward... Are we past mm, Iowa? Uh, well, <laughs> uh, calendar-wise, we're past <laughs> Iowa. I don't know if they've decided what end is up over in Iowa at this point, but we are racing towards Nevada and South Carolina, uh, Hannah's home state that she claims. Uh, and moving <laughs> Do I claim it? aggressively Do I? toward uh, Super Tuesday. So, Clint Walkner, what uh, what does the world look like right now? Well, I think right now it's great to handicap some of these uh, candidates, and unfortunately, we've seen the demise of some great ones. So, in case you were a Deval Patrick fan, uh, yeah, he was running for president. Uh, and he was right. yes, uh, so he's out of the race now. Uh, Michael Bennett. Is out of the race too. Uh, the football player? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> and uh, well, one of my personal favorites of the race, Andrew Yang, is out oh, of the race as of well. Of the Yang so. gang. Yes, I, I, really, like I really enjoyed Andrew Yang and his platform, and I am disappointed to see that he's gone. I, I'm a big fringe. Uh, I'm a fringe character kind of guy, so I always like the characters that are the fringy guys of the uh, of the parties. And so you know, I was kind of a. I liked. The nine 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 Herman Cain story at the time, I, I like that. Uh, I liked uh, Yang's platform as well. Uh, I liked all the meme content of him uh, squirting whipped cream into his supporters' mouths. Yeah, that was that was that guy. That like, cool. yeah, his yeah. campaign you, guy was like, no, like... no, we got to stop this. But he might as well have just gone all the way because all the pictures, the damage had been done. Were you a Perot? Oh, dude, when I first got into it, Perot, I loved Ross Perot. Like he was. With his running mate, Admiral Stockdale. <laughs> How do you feel about That's Alan right, Yeah, 
It's Alan like a, Keyes, yes. It, it, you think back on it, it almost seems like the premise for like kind of like a like a weird television show, like Perot and Admiral as his like <laughs> running mate. Is kind Ross of weird, and the Admiral, like, right? <laughs> Going right. on road trips. I always uh, love the Phil Hartman uh, Admiral Stockton oh, yeah. skit on Saturday Night Live. Uh, uh, my favorite being uh, Howard Dean. Yes, and, yeah. uh, he wasn't fringe, but he. I mean, and, he was and, leading in uh, the Hawk. Noise, what about, what the about pterodactyl Steve, noise. Steve Forbes and his flat tax. Yes. Oh, yeah, right. Which yeah, that's a good call, just too. Just coincidentally would have really benefited Steve Forbes. Just totally coincidentally. <laughs> Man. People never go and try to get the presidency for self-serving reasons, no, do they? No, I mean, no, never. Dear God, no. Never. Um, so do you think uh, Yang's, Yang's universal basic income platform is going to take off? in the same way that Medicare for All did with Bernie last time? Well, he has a lot of support on both sides of the aisle, actually, for universal basic income, because once the robots take over, apparently that's the only way that we're going to be able to survive. I reject that notion just overall, because we've had creative destruction work for our economy in the past. Um, but I will say that uh, Elon Musk was a proponent of it, and there are others. So well, there's a guy with some just brilliant ideas. Elon Musk. Well, he does have a, you know, a multi-billion dollar company <laughs> yeah. to his credit. And apparently people are into the Cybertruck. Yes. Who knew? Ha- has it started making money yet? Yeah. Finally. Did you see their stock? I also Shut think up. that his, uh, his flamethrower is wildly profitable. A- as is the Boring Company? Yes. He made a flamethrower? He did. You have to check that out. It's really cool. The flamethrower is no. awesome. Uh, but... Now, here, here's, I think, why we wanted to talk about the elections, not because we wanted to mock fringe candidates. And it, off air, I'll tell you why. I mean, I don't like Elon Musk. But because, you know, I think when we go into election years, people get very worried or, or start thinking about, you know, what's going to happen with the markets in election years, what happens if candidate X or candidate Y. And right now, uh, you know, the candidate who's leading, Bernie Sanders, a lot of people might be fearing his effect on the stock markets if he's getting, if he gets elected, because, you know, very clearly he is about, you know, uh, wresting control of the economy a little bit from corporations, which are, which make up the stock market. So I think, you know, one of the things that ends up happening is having the the conversation around what's going to happen to the market in these sort of situations. Absolutely. And I I think that we all should go back to when Donald Trump got elected that night, uh, the futures market. I remember Nate and I texting back and forth and going, uh-oh, because the futures market was down 800 points that Ooh. evening. And then he made the speech after he gets elected, and then by the next morning, the market was up. It was a crazy swing. And I think, you know... The general consensus, if a if we saw a Sanders win, the general consensus is that the market would fall and fall potentially a fair amount on that fear. But I don't know if that would actually even play out. I guess you'd have to see where the governess was. If Sanders won in a wave election where the Democrats took over, you know, they won the Senate, the House, and the presidency, and really added to their numbers in, in the House as well. Uh, you know, then maybe you would see that. But I, I don't think that that's likely to happen. So I, I think, you know, a lot of our, our fear about market shifts in the wake of, of, of an election is based on kind of myths. You know, one of the myths, first of all, is like generally Republicans are good for the economy. And if you look at the stock market, actually the performance over the last several Democratic pr- presidents has been better, you know, overall than 
than under Republican presidents. So that's you know one of those kind of myths. The other is, I think we ascribe too much power to the president in terms of what they can do to the economy and how they can affect it. I think you know you saw, for instance, you know what caused 2008, 2009. Was it George? It wasn't Bush? just George W. Bush who just um, single-handedly sank the economy like a king. Um, if if I were running for president in 2008, yes, I would blame it on George Bush. <laughs> um, but more realistically, it was a legacy of, you know, I think art, perhaps artificially low interest rates during the period. Um, it was a legacy of deregulation of a number of, of industries that, you know, uh, it was a, a cultural force, you know, movement. You saw all these shows about how easy and fast it was to flip houses. It was, you know, the, a whole slew of things. And you never know, you know, one of the things for uh, expats that I, I say all the time is that a lot of the situation they face is the rule of unintended consequences. And so you don't know, you know, what the consequences of some of these moves that we saw in the 80s or 90s would be. And I think they all kind of came together in 2008, 2009 um, in, in some sense. And it's easy to blame uh, a president for that or blame even certain piece of legislation on that. And the reality is, is it wasn't one piece of reg- legislation. It wasn't just mark-to-market accounting or it wasn't just um, some of the housing regulations that were used to make subprime lending easy. It was this perfect storm of like 15 different things all culminating all at the same time. It was literally a hundred-year flood that happened all at once. So, you know, and to put that on a president is not fair. Yeah, I mean, uh, the economy is huge in the United States, right? And to say, oh, it's going to do this. And we, we saw, we, we're, we're seeing it right now, you know, the, the predictions for the, the tax cuts and their effect on GDP growth were, you know, oh, it's going to up it to, you know, 3%. Um, and we're seeing growth that's very similar to what we saw in the last couple of years of the, the Obama administration, you know, even with these, these tax cuts. So I think, you know, saying, oh, legislation is going to accomplish growth or not growth, it's a little facile. I mean, we live in a 140-character limit world, but, you know, it's it's a more complicated situation. So, so what you're saying is when Elizabeth Warren is elected president, it'll all be cool. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's only because she's going to point herself queen, right? What, what do you give Warren's chances right now if you had to handicap it? Oh, it's... It's, uh, it's, it's what, one out of 20? I'd say it's it's worse than that. It's probably a a, a two out of one hundred sort of situation. That just because I mean, it where's was just the rally right now and where everything you right. did some research on this as far as where people come out of North or excuse me um, New Hampshire in regard to then going on to to get the uh, the top prize. I mean, if you're if you're outside of second or third at the very worst, you're in bad shape. You're in really bad shape. Yeah, I, I looked at both Iowa and obviously we don't know where Iowa finished, but um, Iowa and New Hampshire. And I, I did look at that. And if you're not running one or two, there have been some times, you know, plenty of times actually where somebody wins out of New Hampshire that doesn't win the nomination. But if they're not in the top two and sometimes three, they almost have no chance. And so that would be the Warren and, and Biden camps there that are looking very weak coming out of New Hampshire. They would be unprecedented if either one of them rallied to get the nomination um, so that's that's one thing that I saw out there. I mean, Rick Santorum uh, won Iowa, and more more recently we saw uh, Bernie Sanders blew out Hillary Clinton actually in in New Hampshire. 
some people were saying, I think disingenuously, that Bernie Sanders ran significantly weaker in New Hampshire this time, but there's more candidates, so it's kind of averages out. So it's hard to say whether or not he outperformed or underperformed in New Hampshire. Um, I do really think that like Liz Warren and Bernie Sanders, like that base would be voting for for one of them if one of them were to drop out. I think that that's the general consensus, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's really like a split vote. I, I think that, yeah, their platforms are very similar uh, as far as that goes. So I, I think that they some of that vote would go that way. Uh, I do think that if we're making a, a case for why Bernie Sanders would get the nomination is that he, he fits a lot of what Trump was doing in 2016 in that he has that base of support that's, that's unwavering. Uh, so he has a very solid base of support um, in these uh, primaries. And so he's, he's around that 30% mark, and that's not seemingly going away. So if we see that and the candidates stay in a long time, uh, that's more likely that he'll receive the nomination. If we start to see some of these candidates drop out quickly after Nevada and after South Carolina, and then obviously after Super Tuesday, but if we see a lot of the candidates peel back and we get down to two or three candidates quickly, then you'll probably see this whole race uh, be looked at it a little differently. But we, we have a lot of candidates. I mean, uh, Nate, I don't know, you know, I've heard you talk a lot about uh, Bloomberg and how you think that Bloomberg is is kind of unheralded here, and there's a good chance that he could end up uh, with the nomination. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on Mike Bloomberg. I think he's actually um, leading right now. I, I really I really believe that. Um, I know the polls don't say that. Uh, he obviously wasn't on, on there Iowa. There are no facts to support this, but... <laughs> I think it's, but then I think what, what it's not. It's a theory. I think, yeah. well, there was no facts to support that Trump was going to win over Hillary. True. I mean, and this is, this is my point, is that I think that there's something there that polls can't necessarily prove or they, that polls can't get their arms around. I think this is, is the, the, uh, uh, the risk of putting way too much emphasis on polls just in general. I think we look at polls as being factual data. And while maybe for the sample size that the poll is is uh, affecting it is true for that sample size but then we extrapolate it to then to the whole public and i think that that's where then we start to get into into uh problems what do they call it Re- um trump uh rear view trump fans in other words like or look over the shoulder trump fans i think is, is what people call it. in other words like there's a lot a big contingent of people that'll never say they support trump um, but they look over the shoulder and make sure nobody's looking or nobody hears them, and, and then they'll support him. And so mm-hmm. I think that that contingent is never going to be represented in a poll anywhere. Well, so I think it, one thing, too, that's important to note here is that uh, a lot of the people picked their candidate in New Hampshire at the last moment. Right. And considering that campaigning has, go, has gone on since basically Donald Trump was inaugurated, and since then you've seen people running for president and they're making up their minds this late in the game. I think that's very interesting when, when that occurs. I, I very rarely get angry on the podcast. This this knocking on polling has now made me made me angry. <laughs> well, go make uh, out with Nate Silver or some silver or something. Man, well n- an insult Nate, just doesn't land. Nate Silver, you. fellow University of Chicago grad. Uh, we were at the university <laughs> at the same time. Do you uh, know him? Congratulations. Uh, I do not know him. Yeah. Um but uh, the, just because he was in your same little, little bit of a name drop dinner hall, little little yeah, name drop for there. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the polling that Nate Silver does, and in fact, if you look at you know the way he predicted the various outcomes of the 
2016 election. He did give uh, Donald Trump a statistical chance in the election, especially in the, the last uh, one. And one of the most likely outcomes that they had predicted was what, what had happened was, you know, uh, that essentially, you know, Hillary Clinton would win the popular vote and Donald Trump would win the, the presidency on the Electoral College. Yeah, um, the, the thing I'll be interested to see is if Mike Bloomberg's, uh, all, all these little things he's trying, like, uh, basically trying to get every single meme page to generate memes that are positive about him, uh, if if that's going to work out, if paying people, like, $6,000 to uh, coordinate all of his canvases is going to work in his favor. Like, I feel like he's doing a million things uh, that could potentially, like, sneak up on everyone and just, like, win it. A million things with a billion dollars, right? Or I mean, fifty billion, I think, is where he's <laughs> hanging out now. Well, I'm just saying, I think he's going to spend a billion dollars in his campaign. He might. Did he say he would if spend he... like two? It's amazing. Yeah, it's an amazing amount of money. I think that's where you're going to see some of these candidates have to drop out, is they can't really raise money anymore. Like right now, I think that's what what the big issue with Biden is going to be is that this fundraising is going to all of a sudden dry up. He's already had to reassign ad buys from South Carolina to Nevada. What does that tell you? That means that he's running weak in Nevada. And, you know, either he feels so strong in South Carolina that he can spend money in Nevada or the other way is the money's drying up and he's got to build, you know, some he needs to spend more money in Nevada and run better in Nevada to even be around for Super Tuesday. So I think know. it's a weird combination of like you need name recognition nowadays, but almost too much or or uh, you're naming around too long. I, I, I almost wonder if that starts to hurt you in a way of. You're just you're kind of a candidate that everybody is familiar with and almost kind of I mean, bored I, with. In you some, know? Well, in some way, Buttigieg judge is the exact opposite of name recognition. Right, right? exactly, which is Nobody, almost why there's some draw to and, him. And, and, yeah, I think it's that blank, blank slate. We haven't, you know, he doesn't have a legislative history. We haven't gone through and, you know, peeled back something he said in 1976 that if we take it, if we look at it in just the right light, we can make it <laughs> look like, you know, He's whatever we want him to be. Yeah, and he's, he was number two in New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, right in front of Amy Klobuchar, my, my mom's pick. And again, how, how correct is your mom then in, in predicting uh, my mom the... My has never been correct, but this year she is predicting it will either be Amy or Mike Bloomberg. She Ooh, had all right, okay. Okay, so, now I'm on board. Dispatches from South Carolina. That's, that's who Sandy's picking. So we'll know when to follow. We follow Hannah's mom when it comes to presidential election and Clint's dad when it comes to when you're supposed to buy gold. That's a, <laughs> yeah, whatever trend in the stock market, he's on it. Does, he's on does it. he also know when we should start stockpiling the canned goods? No, but he will tell you when to buy Sun Microsystems right. in 1999. That's actually my stepdad's department. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. MREs. Uh, yeah. build, the, build the bunker. Yeah, my dad's not a build the bunker kind of guy. No. I, I, um. How's the shoveling coming for your dad, by the way? <laughs> I'm oh, sure that's a good call. Oh, that I'm was sure last, that clean, was last year, right? Driveway. That was last winter, right? Yeah. That he yeah. Chewed, that he took out half of the lawn. <laughs> what? <laughs> it ever happened to that? It's recovered, but it took him a little while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What did he, you do? Well, my dad. Yeah. Like, let's revisit that story. Yeah, so, so let's just take a, the next couple of minutes. A blast from the past on uh, give me. I some think that's a good podcast. way to. Yeah, that, that's a good way to fade out of this. Yes. Election speculation. Well, he, he enjoys, much like I enjoy a clean inbox, he enjoys a clean driveway. Um, and <laughs> he did notice that there was some issue. The snow was piling up too much at the end of the driveway. So In the lawn, though. In the lawn. In the it lawn. It wasn't yeah, actually on the driveway. Right. So naturally, what do you do then? You take a snowblower to the lawn. 
and rip, rip up your lawn unknowingly. With the purpose being what? To move the snow further. Why? Or to <laughs> yeah. level out the pile. So you want a good, clean, level pile. <laughs> yeah. So he got that accomplished and uh, then caused himself a little lawn damage. There was the photos, NBC'd. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Had to take photos of that one. Does your dad listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah, occasionally, yes. Uh. Yes. My mom usually tells my dad that she heard something and I think he tunes in. I think that's how that, that happens. <laughs> your mom wrote you an email about the podcast. She's written me multiple emails about the podcast. <laughs> yes. Hi, Mom. Yes. And it generally starts with like, it was really good, but, and then there's something after the but. Well, there's always a clarification because apparently my view is skewed, and I, I reject that notion <laughs> completely. Your, your view on your parents? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe more of it, whether he's recalling the facts of said subject correctly. Yes. When he when he oh. when he relays something to hey, us. Hey, can I can I There's tie always this, a little can something. I tie this up in a in a neat little bowl? Sure. Uh, uh, I th- I would say uh, all of our kind of political podcasts here should be our, our our predictions, pardon, should be taken with a grain of salt because they are skewed through what we think really Absolutely. influences Absolutely. influences the elections and, and the truth of the matter is nobody knows. Well, and that's why we wanted to do this one when we did. We're, we're, we're likely to come back with another one after Super Tuesday just to continue the, uh, the momentum, the clomentum oh, of no. it. Um, and, uh, hey, wait, wait. So, clomentum right for now, Sandy. Right now. So we're right, around, we're right around Valentine's Day. Okay. Who's your pick? You get, you're a Bloomberg guy, right? You think that Bloomberg's going to win this nomination? I, I, I do. I, 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 yeah, I, I have a hard time. I, I thought for a while it was going to be Pete, but I, I do think it's going to be Bloomberg. But I think it's going to go to the convention. I like mm. that. Okay. I, I really hope it goes to the convention because we haven't just had one of those yet, yeah. and it's going to be in Milwaukee. And it's I think it's going to go awesome. to the convention, and I think, he, I think he gets it. What do you think? I don't have a prediction. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Coward. I don't know. I, I am here for the lukewarm takes, like my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, I'm, uh, I'm here for the uh, hot takes. Okay, so, all right. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to get edited out of this podcast, aren't I? <laughs> well, Hannah does the editing, so she has the power. <laughs> yeah. I can't make any Excuse promises. Excuse me, Elf does the editing, so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think Hannah has a take, so what yes. do you think? Okay, okay, Here here's my red hot take. I'm going to predict uh, a nominee. I'm going to predict their vice presidential pick. I think it's going to be Amy K, and I think her vice presidential pick is going to be uh, Gillibrand. I think she's going to bring her back. I think it's going to be wow. a double trouble lady ticket. I think they're going to go after Trump like a pack of beautiful, glamorous, vicious dogs. Wow. So, Wagner, what do you got? I just, I try to get my head around that one. Gillibrand coming back, too, for think the VP. It. And, a, and an all-female ticket. Like, that's that's something. That's that's that would be a twist. That's J Lo and Shakira right there. Oh, you know? twist. <laughs> that would be a twist. Yeah. Which one's J Lo and which one's Shakira? <laughs> that's an off-air conversation. Thanks for listening to <laughs> this week on Give Me Some Truth. We'll talk to everybody. Oh man. So well, if you gotta you gotta call you down on it, man. I, there was a while where I thought Mayor Pete was gonna do it. And I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that he's polling well enough. Um, I don't think he's polling well, well enough with anyone that's. That's an educated, not you know, white person. Like aside from that, he doesn't do well with minorities at all. So I, I don't think that Mayor Pete's going to get the nomination there. Well, I think that's where South Carolina will be real interesting to see with Mayor Pete because the t- first two states are, are um, you know, heavily you know white. There's not there's not the minority um, influence that you have in other states, and I think that'll be very telling to see where Mayor Pete comes in 
in South Carolina. He may, I've seen some polls that say he's actually doing as well as Biden with uh, um, some of the minority groups. Maybe. Yeah, that would be a so surprise. We'll I mean, it was, that, that either could like like slam the, the gas pedal to his to his campaign, or it could uh, all of a sudden you could see, ooh, this is this is not going the right way for him. Well, I like his funding. Like he has a lot of funding. He's done very well raising money. Um, and New Hampshire and uh, Iowa, I think, were ninety percent of voters were white in those states. I think that's what I read. So um, you know, we're going to see really fast when we see more diverse populations how he's going to pull out. Uh, I'm still. I, my feeling is that the the candidate that wins has to have a movement behind them. I think that's the whole thing. I think that's what happened with Obama. That's what happened with Trump. I think that that's where our society is at right now, that everyone wants to be part of a movement. And the only candidate that I see right now that has a movement going on is Bernie Sanders. So I think that right now you're probably going to see, despite the fact that there's a lot of clomentum going on. Yeah, there's blood uh, yeah. coming out of her lips. She's biting her lips so hard to not, to not no, jump no, in no, right no, here. I, no, she can't fundraise. <laughs> not going to happen for her. Uh, I'm saying it's going to be Bernie Sanders. And I'd say it's very close up between Bernie, Pete, and Bloomberg. And I'm going with Bernie if I had to say who's going to get the nomination. Okay. There you have it. And I'm going, my boy Andrew Yang is going to be the uh, vice presidential candidate. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Be still my heart. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we will talk more about this after Super Tuesday. And uh, we'll all be excited to see where this goes. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Boniwaz are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.